Numbers. We live by numbers. We track and count and measure everything. And sometimes we think the only numbers that really matter are the big ones. But it's the single digits that make the difference. The Bible says that heaven rejoices with the number one. Yeah, heaven rejoices each time even one person comes to know Jesus. We pastors dream about big numbers, and we should. But a daily focus on one meaningful interaction for Christ, that's the true difference maker. One friend, one family member, one co-worker, one person at a time. We want to see God move in our nation like we have never seen before. But it all starts with one. I've got my one. And now I'm challenging you and your church to join us and to find yours. Because ultimately, the only number that really matters is one. Who's your one? All right. So, who is your one? Okay, and the concept behind this idea is that you have one particular person in your life, okay, that you're praying for and hoping that the Lord will work in their life, right? And so, in that, are, you're going you're gonna to begin to hear this language a little bit more here at New City, all right? This idea of your one. And then the goal is, hopefully, that we'll see your one come to know Christ, and then you find another one, okay? And you just move through these ones because of the importance of relationship. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, even, is this idea of biblical community and biblical relationship, all right? And through that, through relationship, we have discovered, as you saw, the North American Mission Board, right? The organization that supports us as a church, has planted us, all those different things. They have found that those meaningful, deep relationships are more impactful than some big evangelistic type push. That those smaller relationships and community is what truly builds direction for someone in their life towards Christ, okay? And so you're going to be hearing that a lot more. So for that, we want you to begin thinking about, okay, Mother's Day, who is your one, right? Who is your one that you could bring to Mother's Day? Maybe it's, maybe it's your mother, right? Maybe you're a mother who doesn't know Christ. Maybe you could bring your mother on Mother's Day, or maybe you have a friend that you could bring to Mother's Day, or someone that you could bring and be a part of that. But who is your one, okay? Sound good? Yeah? All right. Well, you're going to be seeing that a little bit more over the next couple weeks and as we move along down the road. All right. Well, we're continuing on in our series called Believe, uh, based on the book by Randy Frazee called Believe. Okay. And in this, we're going 30 weeks and we're kind of breaking down different parts of his book. And again, the majority of that book is scripture, right? So that's the good thing. It's not just Randy putting out this opinion and saying, here it is, but it's mainly scripture and then just gives you some questions to think about. But the thing is with this, as we're walking through it, is hopefully it's provided you an opportunity maybe to grow in these different areas, right? Like, can you say that maybe you've grown a little bit as we've walked through this? If nothing else, it is causing you to spend time in God's word, right? Because you're reading scripture. And so it's, it's bringing you to this place of abiding more with Christ. Now I want to say, if you don't have the book, okay, I want to encourage you to get the book and to continue to walk through this. We talked about it last week. Like if you're behind, just jump on the week we're on and, and catch back up, right? And follow along with us and be with us. Now here's the thing. If you haven't read the book, that's okay, all right? Because we're going to be in this place today of kind of a level playing field, if you will, all right? And so today we're talking about this idea of biblical community, all right? 
biblical community. Now, in a sense, we're talking about this thing called the church, right? But even deeper than that, we're talking about the community that comes from that, the relationships that come from this body of folks right here coming together on a weekly basis, but even more importantly, coming together other times throughout the week and all those different times that we meet together as a church family, okay? And so in that, you kind of had this question this past week, and it was this, how do I develop healthy relationships with others. All right. Now, how many of you, you, you can raise your hand, right? We're going to participate. Okay. How many of you like having good friends? Yeah. Okay. How many of you like having good relationships in those friendships? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's something we desire. Nobody goes, you know what? I hope that I have just a, a terrible friendship with somebody. Like, I really look forward to that. I hope that that comes about, that I have just this terrible relationship with this person. No, we desire good relationships. And as you were reading this past week, what we found was there's an awesome place for good relationships, or at least there should be good relationships. And it's at this place called the church, right? Within the church and within this biblical community that is formed. Okay. So this morning we're going to be talking about this, this kind of one word for a few minutes. And you've heard me maybe use it before, okay? But it's this, it's communitas, okay? Communitas. Now, I want you to kind of grab this this morning, okay? Because here is what communitas really is, okay? Communitas is an acute point of community. Now, you're like, what's an acute point? We'll get to that in a second, okay? It takes community to the next level and allows the whole of the community to share in a common experience, okay? Now, typically, communitas is based on shared suffering. You're like, oh, that's what I want, shared suffering with everybody else, right? But hold on for a second, okay? Because think about this for a minute. Like a great example of shared suffering would be like a group workout class, right? Like everybody's, yeah, some of us, it's more suffering than others, right? We're like, I don't know about that. But anyway, here's the thing, okay? So we come together, we have this workout, and we all do it together, and we all suffer together, but it's making us what? It's making us better, right? It's making us healthier, and we all kind of have this common goal. But here's the thing about community. Excuse me. Good grief. There it is again. Happened last week. All right? But here's the thing. Like, if we have this communitas and we study it more, here's the, here's the thing we find. It's not just suffering, okay? But it, it, all, it can also be a place of shared joy. All right, let's go with that one, right? Like, I like that one more than shared suffering. But it can be this place of shared joy and a moment where the whole group or a group of people experience this great thing, okay? Now, in that, here's what happens, True community is created through one of two things, through the suffering or through the joy, okay? Now, hold on to that as we keep going, all right? Because here's the thing and our idea behind these party at the peeps. By the way, I don't, I hate that picture that is up there of us going across the, you know what I mean? Okay, and so anyway, but here's the thing, all right? Here's the idea behind our party at the peeps is this, shared community, right? We're not going to all suffer together. You're not going to come over to our house and we're going to all like do laps, okay? But here's the thing. 
It's going to be shared joy, right? Hopefully together, right? We're going to be sharing and building community. But also on top of that, I want to encourage you, who's your one for that? Like who is a person that you could invite to that event that they probably might not come to church first, but they would come to our house, right? We'll all be hanging out, not doing laps, okay? But we'll all come together and then maybe they go, oh, these people aren't too weird. Like I can hang out with them, right? I can do that. And so then you say, hey, these are the same people, golly, these are the same people that I go to church with. These are the same people that I share community with. These are the same people that I do when I am in a place of suffering. Guess what? We suffer together. And that provides you that opportunity, okay? And so again, that's happening this Friday night. So we'd love for you to find somebody to bring. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't come if you don't find somebody, all right? Because again, you're growing and sharing community, Okay, this idea of communitas. So as we were reading this past week, okay, there was this whole page basically that had these ways that we can come together as community and in community. All right, and it's page 270. If you have your book, you don't have to go there if you don't have it. Okay, but it's going to be up on the screen. But here's what we had. Okay, multiple times we see Paul encouraging his fellow believers, okay, to come around one another to encourage one another, to accept one another, and to instruct. So look, here, be devoted to one another, Romans 12, 10. Accept one another, Romans 15. Instruct one another, Romans 15, 14. Serve one another, Galatians 5. Bearing with one another, Ephesians 4. And carry the burdens of one another, Galatians 6. You see, Paul is writing these letters to these different churches and saying, look, love and be one another. Now, what do all these verses have in common? others, one another, right? One another. So here's the thing. What we see there is this is a two-way street. In other words, you can't expect all these things from somebody, but then never give them, right? Like, oh, you've got to serve me. You've got to accept me. Like, you've got to carry my burdens, but I'm never going to carry yours. No, no. No, this is one another, right? It goes back and forth. It's reciprocating. It is a thing that goes in both ways. But here's the thing. All of this can ultimately be summed up in one simple verse in Ephesians. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So out of reverence for Christ, we then what? We submit to one another. Because why? Because Christ is the bonding strip, right, for each of us as brothers and sisters. And this family dynamic, look here, there is nothing that walls anyone off from the kingdom or from the family, right? So no race, no economic standard, no uh, whatever you drive, your job, your background, each of these things, none of those things determine if you're my brother or sister in Christ. The only thing that does is Christ. That's what determines our relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now here's the thing. You're bonded to that person. All right? So turn to somebody around you and say, "Hey, you're stuck with me." Right? You're stuck with me because we are bonded in Christ and it can't be taken away. But here's the thing as well. You're also bonded to those who do not yet believe. Now let me say that again. Do not yet believe. You're bonded to them as well, and we'll get to that in a moment, all right? But here's the thing. We see again, multiple times, one another, one another, 
one another, right? Who is the one another that he's talking about? Well, we're going to get to that, okay? So we're going to break down this verse in, in Hebrews chapter 13, and we're really going to begin to see who the one another's are, okay? So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. If, if not, it's going to be up on the screen for you, all right? So here we go. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some, peop- some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And con- continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as though you yourselves are suffering. All right? Now, let's, let's walk through that, okay? So who is he talking about here? Well, he gives us a couple different groups that we might have relationship with, relationship with one another, okay? So the first one is this, those in the fellowship, all right? Those in the fellowship. Look what he says there in verse 1. He says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, Now, the brothers and sisters, we've got to kind of put it in the context of the book of Hebrews here, okay? So the writer, he's writing to this group of people, and he's saying, look, those of you who have the faith that is similar to those in chapter 11, right? Chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, all those that by faith have done these certain things, right? He says, those folks who have the same faith as these folks... And then in chapter 12, the people that he's talking to are the ones who really were listening to what he said, okay? So those that have faith and those that are listening to the author of Hebrews, then you need to continue to love each other as brothers and sisters. Now, here's the thing. Some of you might be saying, well, you know, if I equate that type of love to somebody else, the love that I have for my brother or the love that I have for my sister, it ain't going to be pretty. Like, you don't want that up in here, right? Like, I don't like my brother or my sister. Now, here's the thing. I was an only child, okay? I had my imaginary friend. Like, we worked things out sometimes. But here's the deal. Like, I'm an only, right? So that whole brother and sister thing, I don't fully get. But, like, I have two boys, and they are hardcore brothers. And as some people saw this morning in our volunteer meeting, like, they just, they go from pestering each other to, like, oh, I love you. You're so wonderful. And I just don't, sometimes I just don't get it. But here's the thing, okay? No matter how much they love each other, or no matter how much they despise each other, guess what? They will always be brothers. They can't remove that label. They may say, he's not my brother anymore, right? Like when they're in their teens, probably. But here's the thing. They're never going to be able to remove that label, right? Like it's always going to be there. Now, here's the thing. I'm from down south, right? Came from Arkansas. And so you've got these folks down there that, man, they use brother as like every other word, right? Especially on Sunday morning. Oh, hey, brother. How are you, brother? It's so good to see you, brother Ray. You know, like, hey, brother, I love you, brother. All these brothers are just passing around brother, 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 right? But here's the thing, okay? If we take a step deeper into this verse and we begin to look at this brotherly love, okay, here's what it says. So as we see there, keep on loving, okay? So if you do a word study of that, that love that is right there, okay? Here's what you find in the Greek, the original text, okay? It's philia. Now, not like I'm going to feel you, but P-H-I-L-A, all right? Philia, love. Now, here's the thing. We get a, a, we get a city from that, 
Philadelphia. Okay? Now, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Oh, funny how that works, right? But here's the thing. We see this feel your love three places in Scripture, okay? Right here in Hebrews. But then we see it over in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. So show family affection to one another with brotherly love and outdo one another in showing honor. And then look here. We have one more passage where this philia love is found. Okay? 2 Peter 1, 3. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn over there to 2 Peter 1, 3. And we're going to be here for a minute. If you don't, that's okay. It's going to be up on the screen, all right? But here's the thing. Peter is writing his second letter or his postcard, okay, to this group of believers. And he's kind of giving them instruction, okay? And then here he says in 2 Peter 1, verse 3, he says this. He says, his divine power, now who's his divine power? His being Jesus, okay? Jesus' divine power, he has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us his own glory and And by these he has given us very great and precious so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. Now, here's where we get into it. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge. Okay, it's it's beginning to build here. Knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness. We're just now to godliness, right? But godliness, here it comes, with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Now, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the person who lacks these things, get ready, is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Now, if you go back to that verse there in verse 7, okay, godliness with brotherly affection and then brotherly affection with love, if you look at the root of that word, that is agape, love that he's talking about there. Unconditional. So what happens? We move from brotherly affection to now unconditional, full-pledged love, right? So we grow in our love for one another. So he's encouraging these leaders, look, grow in your love from just simple brotherly affection to unconditional agape love, right? So he's pushing them to grow in their love towards one another, okay? Keep on loving as brothers and sisters because you'll grow into this unconditional love. Now, he says next, if we go back to our scripture, back over in the book of Hebrews, okay? He says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, okay? Do not forget to show hospitality for strangers. For some have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. So look here, we can develop a relationship fellowship, right? But then don't forget the strangers outside of the fellowship, right? So the second group of individuals, okay? So if you're taking notes, that's our second one, strangers outside of the fellowship. Notice I put that in quotations, right? Because they're probably more than likely not fully strangers to you that you're keeping a relationship with, okay? But here's the idea, is that we love those outside of of the fellowship. 
Now, think about for a minute how a friendship or a relationship typically works, right? So here's how it starts, okay? We're spending all this time together. And then we spend less and less and less and less time together. And then in that, we become strangers. Is that how a friendship works? No. No, it works the other way around, doesn't it? First, we're what? We're strangers. But then we begin to hang out. We meet each other. We, we hang out. We get to know each other. And then what happens? Oh, this moves now into a brotherly or a sisterly affection. Like, okay, yeah, we can hang out a little bit. And then what does it move from there? It moves into now this deep agape love for that person, right? Even to the point of like your friendship is an agape friendship. In other words, an unconditional friendship. There's not a lot that's going to shake that friendship. But it starts where? It starts as a stranger and then moves to that agape. And then in, in that agape, guess what? I'm now willing to do pretty much anything for you, right? Like I'll bring you things when you're sick. I'll watch your kids if you're sick. I'll help you move, maybe, right? Like you've got these things that, okay, unconditionally, I will do these things for you that are a little bit more than you would do from this brotherly standpoint. You see? But where does it start? It starts with the stranger. It starts as the stranger. And he says, look, don't forget the stranger. And then he adds on this little part that you may be even entertaining angels, right? You may be serving angels in kind of this slight test, if you will, of your willingness to truly love someone. And I wish we had more time to flesh that out, but unfortunately we don't, okay? So he keeps going. There in Hebrews chapter 13, he says, Remember the prisoners as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering boldly. So this, these groups of people, okay, we have those in the fellowship, then we have strangers outside of the fellowship, and then we have those who are suffering, right? Those who are suffering. You remember Galatians 6.2 that we read a little bit earlier, right? It said, carry each other's burdens, like, you shouldn't have to do it alone. You shouldn't have to carry burdens alone, especially when you're a part of a church community and a church body. We should have communitas. Yes, the joyous moments, but hey, we're going to suffer together as well. We're going to hurt together as well. And if something is going on in your life, guess what? Grab somebody here in this family and in this fellowship and bring them alongside and say, this is what I'm going through. And then you on the other side who has been taken, don't just leave them out and say, well, that's some, that's some pretty heavy stuff. I don't know. Just bid you adieu. No. Walk with them through it. Right? Walk with them through it with that agape, unconditional love. Come around them and share with them. Now, how can you find community here at New City? Right? Like, as, we, as we've seen here, like, community is a thing that we need, right? We desire even. Like, it may be a hidden desire in some of us, but, you know, your introverted self. But, like, here's the thing. It's something you need. Community is something that you need, okay? And so I want to give you, like, some just simple steps of how you can connect here at New City, you know? Because there's, there's, it's funny, like, people will walk in and say, I don't feel connected. Like, nobody's done this recently. I just want to clarify, okay? Like, I don't know how to, I, I, don't, I don't feel connected. Well, have you done this? Well, no. Okay, how, what about, no. 
Okay, well, you know, if you come here on a Sunday and that's the extent of your connection, you're not really going to be very connected. Okay, so I want to give you kind of some practical steps here as we kind of close this morning that can help you to connect. Now, what you're going to see here is that there's steps for everybody. Okay, are they already up there? Oh, they're already up there. Okay, so there's steps for everybody. Like if this is your first time, guess what? There's steps for you. If this is your hundredth time, guess what? There's steps for you. Okay, so the first one is this. Fill out a connect card, right? Like when I have friends, I like to know their name and I like to know their phone number and how to get a hold of them right? Or you're what? You're a stranger. Like, I don't know you, right? And so for us to begin to connect and grow, the first step here on a Sunday morning is simply fill out a connect card, and you get a cool gift for doing it, okay? And so if that's you this morning, hey, fill out a connect card when it comes by. If you don't have one in your bulletin, there's one back there at the orange table. There's everything at the orange table, apparently, if you need it, okay? So (laughs) that's your first step. Fill out a connect card. The next thing is this, is a 10 city walk. So, okay, I've filled out a connect card. I've been here two or three weeks, you know, but I really don't still feel connected, okay? Well, here's what I encourage you to do, a 10 city walk. We have one on the 19th. Jump into city walk. Know the vision, values, and mission of what you're getting behind. Like, if I have a friendship with you, I kind of want to know a little bit about you, right? Same thing with new city. Like, if you want to be a part of this church family, jump into city walk, find out what you're getting into, and then let's find a place for you to further connect, Okay? This next one I like, and I'm, I'm not being harsh on you. I just want, to, want you to catch it, okay? Come a little early, stay a little late, right? Come a little early, stay a little late. All that means is this. Like, if you come in as the music's playing, it's going to be really hard for you to connect with people. And if you jet as soon as we say amen, it's going to be really hard for you to connect with people. So come a little early. That's why we have coffee. That's why we have donuts. It's so that you can maybe meet somebody right? And get to know them and hang out. But guess what? You can stay a little late too. Hey, if you're here just to connect, we're not going to make you tear down anything. Okay. Like you can, if everybody uses that excuse, that's not going to work, but here's the thing. Like, (laughs) all right. But if you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to connect with some folks. That's why I'm sticking around. Great. Put that pipe and drape down. Right. And so stay a little late, come a little early. Okay. Gives you an opportunity to connect. The next thing is this is a tend to believe group, right? You're like, man, Okay, I'm coming early, I'm staying late, I've kind of finally met some folks, but then jump into a believe group, okay? That's a great place for you to have community. We have four, I believe five, four or five, I'll know in the back. Anyway, we have four or five different believe groups that you can come and be a part of. What are we doing in those believe groups? We're walking through currently our believe study, okay? And so we're taking that, we're reading it the week before, then you're getting together, you're discussing it, but also you're having community, all right? And more importantly, biblical community based on biblical study. We have five. Thank you. Awesome job. Okay, so there they are, all right? And there's a time and a place for you. If none of those work, guess what? We have other campuses who also have those things going on. And you're like, well, those people are at a different campus. What, I want to connect with them? Ideally, no. We want you here to connect with our Miriam folks. But guess what? You can still connect with other people who are in biblical community, right? At Shawnee or Edgerton, if you want to drive that far. Okay, so there's that, all right? Attend a believe group. The next thing is this. You're like, okay, I've done all these things. I'm starting to feel a little bit connected. Great, here's the last one. Join a ministry team, okay? And make New City better. Now, here's what happens when you jump into that. You become the person that is going to connect with those that are looking to connect, You see how that works? 
you've then become the connector. You've moved now into a place that you're connecting with those that want to connect. Okay? And so, we have three places and ways that you can connect. All right? First impressions, family ministry, and worship arts. Like, if one of those is your jam, let's jump in and give it a whirl. Okay? But we provide those ways for you, not just simply, hey, we got a spot to fill, but hey, we want to use your giftings and allow you to connect with those around you through your gifting and through what God has given you. All right? So, here's my challenge for you this morning is this. Stretch yourself, right? Stretch yourself. Grow yourself. We have many introverts in the room. That's okay, but stretch yourself, right? And connect with those around you. Now, here's kind of the last verse I want to give you this morning as we kind of close, okay? It's 1 John three eighteen. It says this. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another. But let us show the truth by our actions. And our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. Okay? So let's be a family of believers, a community, okay, that shows brotherly affection. And that we don't forget about the strangers and we love those that may be suffering or hurting. Let's grow in our community, right? Let's grow in our communitas. Sound like a plan? Yeah? All right, let me pray for us.